We are live. Hey, everybody. Welcome to podcast number eight. This is Embodiment of Soul Care. And last week was a heavy week with the heart and talking about, you know, the whole entire space of the heart and how it extends out and all the things that we need to be conscious of and aware of with the heart space. This week is going to be really cool. Um, we're going to talk about, I have to read the title because Casey <laughs> came up with the title and it's quite long and I love it. So I'm not going to mess it up. So it's stop trying to wake other people up and focus on your own expansion of consciousness. Oh boy. I think all of us, I know that I personally have experienced this in the last couple weeks. You know, the whole contrast, the push and pull, how someone else is feeling, how I'm feeling, and how we're just not getting along because of how they're feeling and how I'm feeling and how dare them feel bad because I want to feel good type mentality on both sides. And I also had a lot of clients this week call me with kind of the same push and pull, um, the contrasting thoughts in their relationships, the contrasting thoughts in their own head. And yeah, I think that this is a time to, and Casey is going to touch on this, especially in our world as a whole, where we are, we're being, we're being polarized, like one, one group of people on one side and one group of people on the other. And we're kind of returning back to that, which we thought we were away from for a while. And now it's all coming back in kind of a spiraling effect and affecting a lot of people actually, and their conscious awareness as well as their emotional state. So I'm going to toss this to Casey and Casey is going to start off with, you know, a little bit of rendition. I think of a little bit of what happened with you this week and we'll go from there and hang on. Cause this is a ride. This is something we all need to be really conscious of and pay close attention to and kind of figure out. And we're going to try to help you guys as well as ourselves which is important, Casey, I talked about that, that we all know that we're all in this together, um, navigate through and kind of figure out easier ways to get out of this contrast thinking. So awesome. go for it, Casey. Thank you, my dear. So the one thing I uh, first wanted to bring up, you talked about this term overjoy last week because we were talking about the heart and the heart field. And you were saying, you know, one of the negative emotions of the heart field is overjoy and how that can be confusing for people. And having that term made such a difference for me this week because what's really interesting is i have a lot of overjoy and i had identified it kind of in the last year but i didn't have i had like a lot of nebulous terms for it it was like this nebulous thing that kind of controlled me but i couldn't always get a handle on it but i was starting to realize just how much of an impact it really had on my life um in negative ways and you know we were talking a lot in these podcasts about how you know, I had a lot going for me before Corona hit. And then it was really hard for me because I kind of felt like I hit a brick wall. And a lot of that though, what I'm realizing the, the positive aspect of this quarantine and this quiet time um, is that I was able to pull back from the overjoy. Like I had been more of in a state of overjoy than I would want to admit. And it's allowed me to pull back more to my balance point. So I thought that was so cool. And then this week I was able to, have something, it was almost like a trigger word for me. And when I noticed myself going to that state of overjoy, which for me, I can tell, it's almost like I've overtaxed my nervous system. You know, I can feel it running through me. I'm, I'm becoming much more conscious of when I'm in overjoy, but having that term allowed me to switch it, like flip a switch this week. And I'd be like, oh, I'm in overjoy. And I could breathe and I could literally calm down in a heartbeat, in a millisecond. I've never quite been able to do it that quickly. So just having that term made such a difference. Anyways, I just wanted to share that with you because I really do think um, 
it was really powerful for me. And like you said, sometimes uh, that sense of it or, you know, being able to identify it like that can be really powerful for people. So I thought that was so cool that that made such a difference for me from our conversation last week. Um, and then here was the other funny thing about this week. So I re-listened to our podcast. And what I realized was that I didn't really say a lot of the cool <laughs> things about the heart field. Like I went back and I was like, oh, I kind of skipped over like a lot of what makes it really cool and what makes me so excited about it. Like, things I wanted to share. So this week I got a little more official. I'm just going to take a couple minutes. Um, I found a couple of really cool articles, which I will post in the notes at the bottom of this podcast, um, that talks about the heart field because it's an electromagnetic field. You know, I forgot to mention that. It's like, it is, it's, it's scientifically proven. You know, the heart field is actually scientifically proven, which is so cool, right? Like it's spiritual and it's scientific. It kind of blends the two worlds. And I just think that's so amazing. So the title of the first article was, Seven scientific reasons you should listen to your heart and not your brain. Because we talked a lot about, you know, the brain field, oh, yeah. heart field. And so I wanted to share a cool a uh, couple of cool facts with everyone that I just think brings us um, really present to that power of the heart field. Um, so number one, researchers refer to the heart as the little brain because there's so many sensory neurons relaying information from the heart to the brain. I mean, it has its own neurons. It is a little yeah. brain. So that's so cool. Uh, the heart communicates to the brain and the body in four ways, the nervous system, the heart produces its own hormones, it communicates via blood pressure waves, and then the energetic information from the strong electric and electromagnetic fields. So it's literally communicating with the whole body. It is, you know, that kind of brain. Uh, number three, there is more information sent from the heart to the brain on a daily basis than vice versa. So there's more info going this way than this way. Very cool. And then listen to these stats. The heart emits more electrical activity than the brain. It emits an, electri an electrical field 60 times greater in amplitude than the activity in the brain and an electromagnetic field 5,000 times stronger than that yeah. of the brain. And that's what they're measuring. I mean, how cool is that? So the, the electromagnetic field of the heart um, can be measured anywhere on the body using an EKG but also for several feet outside the body. You know, I mean, we talk about having our bubble and we talked a lot about, you know, the power of expanding your, your sphere and your heart field. But, you know, even scientifically, it literally goes out a few feet from, from your body, you know, in, in a radius. And then this was cool. Activity in one person's heart can be measured in the brain waves of another person. So, I mean, it's scientific that your heart field is affecting other heart fields. You right. know, like I just thought that that was so cool. Um, well, that helps to see the energetics, right? Yeah, yeah like healing how we all, all those things. Energy. Yeah, yeah. So it was kind of you know proof for like why does some energy healing work? Right, um, exactly. And the electrical activity of the heart and brain can be guided into synchronous electrical rhythm that can be easily measured by focusing on positive and loving emotions emanating from the heart. And we had talked about coherence you know, at the end of last week's podcast. So I thought that was so cool. Like there's scientific um, evidence, you know, that coherence does happen from the heart waves. So I just thought that that was really neat. And then the other cool thing, if you think about, because one of my meditations dealt with uh, the core of the earth being the heart chakra of the earth, and then our heart chakra, you know, is kind of the core of our heart field, right? You can kind of think of it that way, little sphere, big sphere. Um, and it was talking about, we believe the earth's magnetic field connects all living systems that are within that field, you know, plant, animal, everything. 
And, um, and then it said this really cool thing. We're finding that our personal magnetic field works with the Earth's magnetic field. And when we tune ourselves correctly, we can receive the information it contains. So it was talking about how we're all part of this one big brain that, you know, even the electromagnetic field around the earth, which we know, I mean, there is a magnetic core. The earth does have an electromagnetic field. So it's almost very similar. You know, it's like macro micro. We are like the micro version, um, you know, of macro like the earth and like all. So it just proves like all of our electromagnetic fields are communicating with each other and mostly from the heart. So I just wanted to throw in those couple things because it's just endlessly fascinating to me, but I couldn't believe that I left all that out last week. So thanks for letting well, me know um, that. Conversation is <laughs> on form, you know? <laughs> totally. <laughs> and no, you to mention a couple comments. Um, we were talking this week about how the heart, the element is fire in Chinese medicine. Do you want to talk about that just briefly? Because we had a yeah. really interesting conversation. Yeah, I can just touch on that just real quick. So in Chinese medicine, there the earth so you have wood you have fire you have earth you have metal you have water and every organ system sits in one of those elements and fire the element of fire just so happens to house both the heart the pericardium which is the protector of the heart and the small intestine so when you start to um, have senses of overjoy or other emotions that are evading the heart space you tend to build a higher a bigger and bigger fire and then the only thing to put the fire out is the kidney energy, the kidney and the bladder energy, which is the water. And so that just splashes it out. But if you don't have enough yin going on in the system, then we end up having, you know, cardiac arrest or anything else because the heart fire just gets so big that it takes over the entire body. So no, it's, um, it's, it's interesting how the heart is connected in so many ways to everything you know like you just said you know it's it's a macro micro system but it also is an element of the earth so that's where it sits is in the fire element so yeah chinese medicine's interesting and i casey and i kind of discussed it a little bit we'll have to do a whole you know podcast just on the elements of the earth the um cycle of how it all feeds into each other the mother-son relationships the counteractive relationships the flow relationship and it just kind of explains a lot about your body and why your body does the things that it does to overcome dis-ease within the body. So we'll have to touch on that a whole nother podcast because that will take an entire podcast, maybe two or three. <laughs> oh, seriously. Yeah. I just thought it was so cool how it kind of connected. Cause like I said, I can tell when I'm in overjoy and it is, it's like an overheating, like that too yeah. much fire, it's literally too much fire in my body. And that was a cool connection when you made that. I was yeah. like, oh, that's exactly what it feels like. You know, it's like yeah. fire in my nervous system and you know, the breathing or a mantra or just literally slowing down, walking slower. Yeah you know, is the water element in that moment that helps me, you know, kind of cool the fire. So yeah. I just thought that was a neat, neat connection. Absolutely. All, all cool. I mean, everything ties into each other and that's the beauty of the body of the earth of spirituality. It all encompasses itself in and it all intertwines. Yeah. So, okay. Do you, and here's something cool that, um, this leads really nicely into our topic for today. One of those articles about the heart said, here was a direct quote from that heart math, you know, that we've talked about before. Yeah, yeah. Technology isn't going to shift the problems we have in society and the planet. It's going to take a shift of consciousness for that to happen. 
you know, yeah. so, and that's directly what we're speaking to tonight. You know, it's, it's not going to be out there where most of the solutions are. It's going to come from here, come yeah. from our own level of consciousness and how much we're able to pay attention to ourselves and then be really conscious of what we're putting out. So I just loved that quote. And again, that'll yeah. be in the article that I post, but just was like a perfect lead in. Cause I feel like, you know, this week essentially is like healing another layer of the onion. You know, last week we focused a lot on, on more the personal aspect of this. You know, are you in, are you in ego and judgment or are you expanding your bubble? You know, are you contracting or expanding? And we were talking more about your personal sphere, your personal sphere of consciousness and your heart field and how you're putting that out there. Um, and then this week we're going to focus a little bit more on the macro view on society as a whole, you know, and how in all of us with our different heart fields and different, you know, abilities to be expansive and to not be expansive, you know, how is that, how is that impacting us as a society as a whole? And what does that look like? You know, which I think is so much um, what we're going to address tonight. So, you know, and that relates to, to all sides, you know, I mean, last week we kind of, you know, spoke more um, between the two sides, but that doesn't, you know, we were just addressing it from, I don't know, now I'm tripping on myself. Um, okay, anyways, let's move on. <laughs> what do you want to say? <laughs> I just totally tripped over my own tongue. What I wanted to say was it's not like political, like this isn't based on parties or two sides or whatever, because it's such a mess. That's what I'm trying to say. Like everything's just such a mess right now. You know, we weren't speaking to one side or the other. We were speaking to everybody, including ourselves. Right. Right. And I think that, you know, we can speak of that on that huge level, you know, the entire world. And we can also speak on a personal level within ourselves and within our relationships with just family and friends and people that are around us every day, our children, whoever. And I don't know, do you want to start with talking about the, the entire world, that kind of political perspective or just, you know, overall, or do you want me to start with just the individual side of things? Well, what kind of came up, so here's what really came up for me. Um, you know, I spoke a lot about the darkness, right? I was declaring like, let's anchor our light on this planet. You know, let's really declare who we are as light workers and anchor our light, you know, versus feeding the darkness. And after I listened to it, I'm like, wow, you know, I mean, it's such a good question, right? Like, what is that darkness? You know, when I, when I say that, what am I even talking about? And I think right. so much of it that it comes down to for me when I talk about society as a whole and what is going on from a more global perspective, it's like, what is making us so intolerant? And that was the word that came to me. It's like, there's just such a level of intolerance out there for other people's views and for people to, you know, be able to think what they think and still be, you know, intelligent, functioning human beings that you respect them and they respect you. You know, what has happened that we're so disrespectful and we're so intolerant? And that was kind of where I left off, you know, at the end of last week's podcast when I, you know, said something pretty personal to my heart. And I was sharing with you this week, Kelly, um, but something really came up for me because I was sharing, you know, I do have a lot of loved ones and friends that right now, I mean, I'm speaking more politically because that just happens to be the divide that I think a lot of us are feeling and a lot of us are present to, um, you know, regardless of which side you're on. And certainly there's some crisscross in between, you know, it's not like a clean divide line, but at times, you know, it does occur that way. And um, I you know, I've had a really hard time in the last four years trying to navigate being almost on like that balance beam in between the two. You know, it's like if you have people that you love and respect on both sides and you know what they say about each other, and so much of the time you hear disrespect coming from both sides, it can be really hard, you know, to stay in that balance point. And because I'm so empathetic, you know, and I really feel like I can put myself in other people's shoes. It's like, oh, I get where you're coming from. 
oh, I get where you're coming from. And they both have really valid points um, that sometimes it's kind of painful, you know, to hear um, what they say about each other. And, um, and, and I really, you know, I mean, it occurred for me, like, it's almost kind of like a civil war, you know, and that's where part of my, um, why it's been so important for me to find that balance point so that I don't get pulled, but I can still hold a big field and hold a lot of compassion. You know, that's a really fine balance. You know, and it occurs as something like, you know, let's say you have the Israelis and the Palestinians, right? Um, you know, I mean, when they're just two separate societies functioning separately, they can have plenty of judgment and hatred toward each other, you know, not seeing the validity of the other person's point. But, you know, I mean, there's those stories, right? Like when you get a couple of Israelis and a couple of Palestinians together in a room and it's a safe space and they can actually come together and speak to one another and see the humanness in the other person, you know, really see them and really hear their story and go, wow, okay. You know, I mean, my story is still valid. My opinions are still valid, but so is yours. And, and, and that's been the pain point, you know? And so I was just really, um, present to that this weekend, allowing myself and my heart field, because I think sometimes when I get, um, I don't want to get contracted by that. I still want to be able to expand inside of that and get even bigger to hold even more of that, you know, even though it can be hard sometimes to be on that, you know, what occurs for me as a dividing line. And you and I were talking about, um, you know, what is at the root of that intolerance? Why, why do we have that? And really it boils down to fear. You know, I mean, you can see a lot of anger on the surface. You can see a lot of projection. You can see a lot of um, vehemence. But what is underlying that is fear. And right now, you know, the fear of death is so real and in people's faces. I mean, it literally turned from, okay, the 2016 election and kind of just like politics. And I feel like the way that, you know, people feel about the other side, like you're stripping away what's good about life. They're like, oh, but if we do it your way, you know, you're going to strip away what makes life worthwhile or what, what makes life good or what what makes humans good, you know, each side kind of feels the same way about the other, just like the Israelis and the Palestinians. Like, it seems like they can't coexist, you know, because the way you want it to be is going to impinge on the way I want it to be. Um, but then we're eroding the very basis of, you know, free speech and all these rights that our beautiful country is built on and that, you know, we would love for other people to enjoy, you know, and that we're glad when they do enjoy it. So, um, you know, that's a lot what we were talking about. Now it's even more extreme, though, because there's literally this fear of death with this virus going around, you know, so now people have even more fear to latch onto so that they can be even more intolerant and more afraid and more contracted, you know, and that that's so much of where, um, that's just so much of where this energy is coming from right now that as a society, that's what we're feeding. So when I was talking about the darkness or whatever, you know, that's kind of the darkness that we're feeding. We're either going to expand and feed the light or contract and feed the darkness. Um, and, you know, I guess the other, um, piece of it being that I really saw, you know, it's like, I feel like everybody has some version of, you know, utopia that they think, oh, well, if life was just this way, then everything would be great, right? Which was kind of goes back to the know-it-all thing we talked about last week. It's like, it's just a bunch of know-it-alls walking around going, well, I know what utopia should look like. And if it looked that way, you know, or if I was president, I mean, clearly things would just go wonderful, you know, forgetting what life is really like. I mean, life is messy, no matter who you are, what you are, you know, there's so many trade-offs. I finally remembered that quote I was trying to tell you the other day, and it was the road to hell is paved with good intentions, right? I mean, isn't that perfect? It's like, we all have some vision of, oh, you know, and if policies were this way, and if society was this way, and people acted more this way, 
then it would, you know, we would be in harmony and happiness and humans would live lovely together. You know, forgetting what kind of, I mean, half the time it's kind of 50-50, right? You do, let's say you enact a policy. There's going to be really good outcomes from that. And there's going to be unintended, not so good outcomes that you didn't even think of. Or, you know, some of what you thought would go great, maybe doesn't. Some of what maybe shouldn't have gone great goes better than you thought or produces something you could have never thought of. You know, so I think it goes back to that know-it-all thing that everyone has some vision they're fighting for. And like I said, unless they're planting their flag, you know, that it should be this way. And anyone who doesn't agree with me is now standing in the way of a loving, harmonious planet. How dare you? You know, so that as a society, we just have this level of anger and intolerance, just building, 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 you know, with this fear underlying it. And um, so I just kind of wanted to bring that up because I think uh, we've all just gotten so sidetracked by that, you know, and, and that's easy to do. But I just want to bring it into our awareness because it's something that I try and stay really aware of. Um, you know, and I'm trying to narrow that down. I have to just broaden it back out. You know, I want to, I want to be in other people's shoes. I want to see their points of view. Um, you know, I can still hold true to my truths, but allow other people to have their truth. Mm -hmm. I just said a lot. How about you? Well, that's <laughs> what you think. No, I think that that last point you made, you know, allowing people to have their thoughts is one of the biggest things here because this, this brings back up a topic that we've kind of addressed in other podcasts and this is instead of trying to tell somebody where they should be standing allow them to be standing wherever it is they wish to be standing and you be secure with where you're standing um thank god that there is those that we do not agree with and those that do not see the same things that we see because if there weren't then we wouldn't have the capability of launching out, like we talked about, these rockets of desire of how we really want things to be in our lives. Because if I didn't see the contrast, if none of us saw the contrast, we wouldn't have any idea what we wanted. Right. So it's instead of sitting there and saying, oh, how, how dare you, like you were just saying, how dare you believe that way? And how dare you think that we should act? Did you see that moth just flying and attack my head? How dare you, you know, behave that way and do those things that way. It, it's not making me feel good. Well, it's like, listen, if it weren't for them doing that, then you wouldn't know how you really wanted to feel or how you really wanted to be. And so it's important that everybody stays in their little corner of however they believe and they're truthful to themselves. And they, the, the biggest thing is don't worry about what someone else is doing. If I sat there every day and I said to myself, oh my gosh, I just wish that he or she would behave this way so I could be happy. Well, why can't you just be happy and be content with where you are and not worry about where they're at? Because they're making them believe how you're believing in order to make you happy is insanity. And that goes for all the politics and all the religions and all the belief systems of the world. It'd be like me sitting down with somebody and having a spiritual conversation with them and saying, well, what, what the hell do you mean you don't believe in the way that I'm believing? Is that fair? No. They came to this planet to learn their lessons, to live their life how they wanted to live it, and to believe the things they believed in. And we have no right to sit there and try to manage it. If you sit there and try to manage it, your life's going to be absolutely miserable. And that's why a lot of people are miserable. Because they are trying to micromanage everybody's system. 
let it be. Let it go. Focus on managing your system. Um, be aware of your emotions and your mental state and, and don't be trapped in them. You know how we talked about the whole attachment deal? You know, you don't want to be attached to how you're feeling about something or how you're thinking about something because then you have no ability to rise to a conscious level. You're always in that emotion. You're always swimming in that soup of crap that you're thinking about or that you're emotionally dragging yourself in and out of. Get out of all of it and start to embrace a higher vibration of yourself. And once you start doing that and once you start rising out of those, you know, conflicts and scenarios of disappointment, those conflicts and scenarios of disappointment will no longer exist around you. It's just absolutely impossible. And if they do, you will just brush right past them and say, well, isn't that an interesting perspective on to this, you know, and that's where we're all trying to get to. And the only way we get there is to have those contrasting thoughts, to have people that piss us off, that make us mad, that divide us, so that you can send your rocket of desire and you can start to behave better each and every day by being consciously aware of where you're standing in the soup with them. Okay, am I in the hot shit or am I out of it? Okay, where am I? Um, and, and a lot of people always say, okay, well, when I have this emotion, how do, I, how do I kind of, you know, get through it? How do I battle it? Well, you have to figure out what your trigger point is. You know, what is it that you're attached to? Are you really attached to this one belief and you can't let go of it? And if that's the case, okay, at least acknowledge it. And we've talked about this too. Acknowledge what it is that you're so attached to, that you're having such a hard time wrapping your head around, you know? And then about, you know, that problem and then launch out a rocket of desire that makes you feel better about that. So I don't want to feel like that anymore. That's a rocket of desire. I don't want to have hatred and discontent with this person anymore, or this situation, or this president, or this governor, or this politician, or this teacher, or this lover of mine. That's power in itself, just knowing you no longer want that. Because Casey, I don't know if you agree with me on this, but it feels a lot of times just, you know, through living life, through my own experiences, watching people and watching myself, we, we attach to those things and those people, we just always are seeing them as that problem. You know, and how much more powerful would it be to say, this is, this is something I no longer want to see instead of, Oh, every time I see this person, I just feel like shit and I just don't want to be around them. You know, how much more powerful would that be to say, I don't want to feel like that about that person anymore. I don't want to feel like that about this situation anymore. I'm going to remove it. I'm going to, I'm going to start thinking more positively about it all. And that's my lock. That's my rocket of desire. I don't want to feel like that. You don't even have to specify what you want to feel like. You just don't want to feel like that. And the universe will answer that. Yeah. They really will. Yeah. And um, I actually have a cool um, exercise at the end that I read from, that guy I follow, Matt Kahn, that addresses exactly what you just said, that people, oh, it, cool. it's like five steps that they could follow to do exactly what you just said. Yeah. Because I started working yes. with it in the last couple of days. It's really good. Yeah. Is it the, is it um, five steps, like ask for what you want, that type of thing? Um, well, why don't we just do it now? Yeah. I mean, so, fit it right in. Yeah. 
Yeah, so he says, as a way of anchoring high vibrational energy in climates of amplified social and emotional turmoil, simply ask yourself the following questions. So number one, what adjective best describes the emotion felt in the presence of someone who bothers or triggers me? You know, so kind of come up with, okay, God, it just, I, it drains me. Oh, it's so draining, right? So number two, what is the opposite positive emotion to that feeling? You know, for me, it would be like, oh, I just feel expansive. You know, I feel full and expansive and light, lighten up, you know, something like that. Number three, what can I do right now to be that positive emotion in action? You know, maybe it's um, running a quick flow meditation in myself. Maybe it's just, you know, literally imagining my sphere around me so that even when I'm with that person, you know, I'm still in my safe sphere, you know, mm -hmm. so just kind of a positive action to do. And then number four, if unsure, can I take a moment and silently bless the person bothering me with more of that positive emotion throughout their life, even if after the fact and in retrospect, you know, so they're saying, I mean, this a year later, this could be something that happened to you 30 years ago or 30 seconds ago. You know, can you expand your heart field so that you can just put that, you know, I want that person, I want that person to feel expansion, just like I want to feel expansion and lightness. Um, you know, she puts that out there almost as a blessing. I really like that, that sense where he says, just silently bless them that they may feel that as well. And then number five, can I also bless my heart in reality? with that exact positive emotion to help heal deeper layers of emotional density that others trigger as an opportunity to support my expansion and evolution. Please apply this approach each time you're triggered by the choices and behaviors of others and always conclude with greater self-love and admiration for yourself. Be as gentle with yourself as humanly possible. Mm -hmm. Anyways, I thought that that was a neat, and I'll go ahead and post the text. He had sent it in an email, so I'll post it, you know, just as a post on our Facebook page just so people can see it if they want to. Yeah, I mean that that's that's a really good way to get people out of that. You know, and it, you know, I mean with our, you know, stop trying to wake other people up. You know, this is an example of how can you source it for yourself. You know, focus right. on yourself. Like we said, you know, how do you focus on your own expansion, you know, while still being able to number one, you know, you don't want to like literally live in a bubble where you can't go outside your house or interact with people, you know, because you're like, oh, I don't want that vibration. I don't want that to rub off on me, you know. But how do you retrain? yourself and re-own your power. And maybe there are some situations where you're like, you know what, I'm retraining myself right now to stay in an expanded bubble. When I'm around you, I really contract. So I'm going to pull out for five minutes or I'm going to pull out for five months or, you know, I mean, you may have, you know, we were talking about that today. Maybe there are varying ways in which you're going to interact with people differently or have different boundaries. You may set different boundaries with people. Um, but something like this is so beautiful because it's still, it's not trying to wake someone else up. You're not going to them and confronting them and saying, I mean, which you can, but you know, you get my point. It's a way for you to do all the internal work over here. You know, whatever external work you do between you and that person is, you know, kind of on, on that level, but on the internal level, on doing your internal reset, your internal retraining, you know, for what's important to you. It's like, you're not trying to wake them up. You're trying to wake yourself up, you know, which is the most important part, right? We're all just over here trying to wake ourselves up because that's what's going to overflow, you know, in whatever ways that it does. But yeah, I love this process because it allows you to source it a hundred percent with yourself and you're not dependent. And this is what you were talking about, Kelly, you know, you're not dependent on how that person um, reacts or replies to you. You know, it's, it's totally it over matter. here with you. Right. It doesn't matter. And you know, and that goes back to a lot of emotional stuff for people. Like we talked about many times. I mean, if you need to figure out where it is, you need to forgive yourself, where it is that you need to fix things within yourself. Why are these people a trigger to you? Like, what are you lacking in yourself that needs to be explored further 
so that you are not affected by what's being tossed your direction by somebody else. Um, you know, I think that a strong, the stronger the contrast, the stronger your desire is to get out of that contrast, right? So, you know, we talked about abusive families and we talked about, you know, why am I, I've had people ask me flat out, why was I born into this family? Like, why was I, no, seriously, like, they're abusive. Why did I choose this? <laughs> why would I choose such a thing? And it's like, well, you're smart to have cho chosen it because it's going to send your ability to of awareness and consciousness. You're, you're going to get there so much faster. And then, you know, and then you have the opposite side of people that are like, well, should I have asked for an abusive family so I can get to consciousness and awareness faster? No, you shouldn't have. But the thing is, is that those that did, those that came into those situations in this lifetime are doing it to learn faster, to gain um, more awareness and more consciousness in a quicker pace than, you know, the average individual who came into a cush family of some sort, you know, and then had to deal with those things later on in life. Because believe it or not, you all have to deal with it on one level or another. You are going to be faced by these challenges, by these abusive behaviors, by these um, separations in mental thought and, you know, polarities of politics, whatever it is. However it's going to test you, it is. And that's when, as Casey was saying, you have to rise to the occasion of being conscious of how you're feeling, how you're taking care of yourself, how you're coming out of it on your own. You don't need, really and truly, you don't need anybody else to be helping you get out of this. Um, this is all you. This is 100% your ability to rise to your own occasion of life. And I remember Abraham Hicks had said a quote that was pretty cool, is that um, out of everything is born focus, right? So everything that is happening to you is going to bring in an intense amount of focus that is then going to launch you into awareness and consciousness. Like it has no choice. I mean, even like someone stealing your pencil, that's going to launch. I remember in high school, people used to piss me off when they took my pens and they never reappeared. You know what I mean? Like little things like that. Like something that small launches you into, you know, a sense of focus. Like, where am I at? Why am I so mad about that? You know, figure that out within you. Like, why was that a trigger for you? You know, these things, these are trying times. These are really big, heavy um, topics that we're dealing with on a day-to-day -day basis. Everybody I talk to is feeling so bad for somebody else. Seriously. It's like, oh, I just feel so bad, you know, that they're having to deal with this. And I feel so bad that these people are suffering here and there. It's like, okay, don't, because they are all growing and they are all expanding in their own way. You know, whether they're losing family members or they're ill themselves or they've lost their jobs or they've lost their homes or they've lost their um, desires of their biggest desire in life has come into crumbles. I mean, there's going to be a rebuilding and they're going to be rebuilding in a way that they never even knew was possible because of these huge, huge changes. So, I mean, that's important for everybody to know. So stop trying to wake up other people. Stop trying to be, you know, the, um, I guess the rocket of desire for everybody else to have your desires too. And just focus on your own. Focus on what you came here to expand on, the consciousness you came in to be, 
and don't worry about everybody else's crap because the more you worry about it, the more buried you become in all of that and the less likely you are to learn the entire point, learn the entire, what, what's the word I'm even looking for? Learn your purpose. Yeah. Learn your purpose here. So let's focus in on that and not be so sidetracked by, you know, Michigabu who wants to spit on you every five minutes or every time you turn on the news, you're pissed. Don't focus there. Focus here. hundred percent. So, and I think that exercise was a great way for people to try to lift that off. Oh, totally. And to lighten up, you know, I mean, that phrase came to me again today. It's like, yes. so perfect, right? we all just need to lighten up a little bit, yeah. you know, and, um, one of my favorite, uh, spiritual thought leaders that I follow, her name's Jill Renee Feeler, and she had some really great posts last couple of weeks. And one this week, and I did post it to our Facebook page. It was like, life is for living, you know, and it sounds so basic, but we've kind of, you know, this level of fear and fear of death and fear of loved ones dying. And, you know, it's just, it's gripped us to the point that we've forgotten, like the earth has never been safe. It's never been a safe place to be. You know, I mean, if we're trying to get everything in a nice little box and tie a nice little bow on it, it's always just going to pop right off. You know, it's just going to go, I mean, the second you think you got that bow tied, you know, it's just going to pop this way, pop that way. You know, I mean, that doesn't, that's not what this world is. This world is messy. You know, this world is, I mean, at, at any moment, you know, any one of us could die. You know, it's never been an inherently safe place. So clearly that's not what we're here for. You know, we're here to move through that. And certainly, you know, it's fine. And of course we have emotions that come up and, you know, we're human and we're kind of, my phrase is all of it, you know, we're all of it. But, you know, at the end of the day, like you said, to refocus and to bring that focus and to remember life is for living, you know, that's kind of the being in the present moment thing, rather than getting so contracted and focused on, you know, the wrong thing, I guess I would say, you know, in, in terms of where our focus is, you know, expanding it out so that you can uh, be more and just, you know, what, I'm going to live life right now. Um, and, and bring some of that perspective to it because in that bigness, then other people, you know, you can hold the space for other people's perspectives and other people's way of living without getting so constricted by like, oh my God, that's impinging on my ability. You know, I mean, it's just like, it's energy, you know, so I just loved um, her, some of her thoughts that week and that she really just brought that to the fore, you know, because I think it is good to remind ourselves and else go, oh yeah, that's right. You know? <laughs> yeah. without holding on so tightly i mean it, it's it's important you can't hold on that tight because you know you will implode and i think that well i don't really know what i'm thinking right now i have so many thoughts going through my head at one time i'm honestly like because i like sidetracked because i want to talk about death and i know we don't have time to talk about that you know so I think what we'll do, because I think we're almost out of time, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, we have a, a little bit more, but we're, we're yeah. towards the end. <laughs> yeah, and so what we're going to do is I think you had a really good um, passage that you wanted to read that I think incorporates and ties all of this in. Yeah, yeah, and brings it back um, to ourselves as the center. And now that I said that I want to talk about death, like I, I can just hear people like in my own head. Well, tell me, what do you think about death? Another time. <laughs> I'll do it, maybe I think the, we'll do it next week. Yeah, I think we discussed that. I think we will. I think we will do it next time. I think and, we'll have to, yeah, like free will and collective free will and just kind of some yeah. of those bigger questions that we ask ourselves and how does that, you know, kind of relate to our day-to-day -day experience right now and how society is relating to all of this. 
Yeah, and I think it just dawned on me too something I wanted to say in relation to what you had just spoke about. You know, I'm not saying that we shouldn't be um, caring towards other people and what what they're going through. What I am trying to say though is that I I don't want people because I've noticed it in myself um, many years down the road, you know, past in the past, that when I try to get into where somebody is to help them with a problem, like where I try to be empathetic, for example, then all I'm doing is energetically coming to their level. You know, I'm like, oh, here I am. I'm with you now. Let's try to swim out of this together, which for some people works. But I think for the majority of people, it's important that you come from almost an unconditional love side, like a conscious, unconditional love, where you're almost coming from above. You're like, hey, come up here with me. Because you know those people that sit down with you. You're in a room of people, you're really depressed, and you talk to one person, you still feel like shit. And then you talk to someone else, and you feel a little bit worse. And then suddenly you talk to somebody who's vibrating on a very conscious, beautiful level, and you suddenly feel better. You know, it's like, oh, every time I talk to that person, I feel better. Like I feel a little more lifted up. And it's because they're coming from a higher space and a higher vibration than where everybody else is sitting or where that particular person who needed that assistance was sitting. So if you can be of any help to your loved ones or to people who are suffering from illnesses and loss and all the things we just talked about that they've lost, come from a higher point of view, a higher space and talk to them that way instead of, oh, I know what you're feeling. And oh, isn't it just horrible? You know, they don't need that. Yeah. They don't need that. They need a lifting vibration. And so be that for people. Yeah. And you know what's so cool about that? So um, this book that one of the passages was from that I totally forgot to read. Um, she talks about tuning forks. And it's, it's almost like the heart field. You know, if you think of, you know, we were talking about coherence and resonance. Like there's literally... A resonant frequency, you know, that's what we're talking about with the 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 electromagnetic piece. You know that that has almost like a tuning fork quality to it. That if you have you know one tuning fork that you hit and the other one is still, eventually that one will resonate with the same vibration. And so that's what you're saying. You know, I mean, it's literally almost like you're taking your expansive heart field that has a vibration, and it literally invites people in to then resonate at that vibration. And that's why you know last week talking about claim who you are as a light worker. That's why it's powerful you know, because it's literally emanating outward in a very concrete way and affecting yeah. others, affecting yourself and affecting others. So I think that goes perfectly with what you're saying and why you, you know, you do want to come from that kind of vibration. If you're able for yourself, you know, you want to come from that vibration almost to be your own higher vibration for yourself when you can yeah. and bring yourself into resonance and then you also bring yeah. others into resonance. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right. Well, go ahead. Um, I'm trying to think if it's useful to, we'll go ahead and read both of them. So the first passage was from a book called The Sovereignty of Love, which is actually a take on Ho'oponopono that Kelly mentioned last week. And she says, various spiritual traditions instruct us to transcend duality in order to experience oneness, but to fully embrace all of life, we must, we must embrace contrast as it is a governing principle of existence. To deny this spectrum of opposites is to deny a fully engaged life. It is not duality itself that causes us suffering. It is our inability to find emotional and mental harmony within the variety of contrasts that present themselves. In its balance and magnificence, duality provides us the opportunity to experience all the gifts of creation and choose how we relate to them. 
Um, so I just, I love that, you know, to kind of bring focus to what we've been discussing today. And then uh, the other post, which I did post to our Facebook page, one of my friends posted it and it was just so beautiful um, in terms of sourcing that, that vibration within yourself. So it's from um, the, famous, the famous writer, Albert Camus. He said, in the midst of hate, I found there was within me an invincible love. In the midst of tears, I found there was within me an invincible smile. In the midst of chaos, I found there was within me an invincible calm. I realized through it all that in the midst of winter, I found there was within me an invincible summer. And that makes me happy. For it says that no matter how hard the world pushes against me, within me, there's something stronger, something better, pushing right back. <laughs> right. Yeah. Love that. Pretty much what we said. Love it. Well, be quiet within you, you know, and em embrace yourself and expand within you and everything else will expand beautifully around you. And you'll notice yeah. things around you coming into resonance, you know, yeah. play with that, have fun with that. Yeah, exactly. All right. Let's all lighten up. <laughs> a little bit. Let it go a little, you know, don't hold so tight oh. on all that. Oh, all right well i think that's it for us tonight yeah yeah yep. that was a lot hopefully yeah. everybody um can absorb that you might have to listen to that a few times to catch all the little i know i'll be I, listening to it a few times <laughs> i know i i told casey like i only listened to these once and i need to listen to them more often so i know what the heck i already had said and how to feed into that as opposed to just coming fresh not remembering anything. So I will do that. I'll do my own homework. All right. Well, yeah. So we'll see you guys next week. And as always, let us know if there's anything that you would like us to address or anything that you would like to contribute. Um, we're always welcome for ideas and anything you're kind of going through that week that you'd like maybe to talk about with us on even a private, you know, way. So all right. We love all of you. Take care and have a good night and have a wonderful weekend. And we'll see you next week. Yes. Grow your bubble. Love you. Love you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. <laughs> Bye.